Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So, Jacob, we're going to flip things on its head for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to be 100% fair, I'm not a big fan of the dungeon crawl trope at all. If you're not familiar with the dungeon crawl trope, it's basically where everybody goes into a dungeon and we just have at it. But... I will say that Jacob has given me a new understanding of how dungeon crawls probably should work. So, Jacob, how should dungeon crawls work? All right. So the first thing that I like to think about is, so if you're going into a dungeon and you have things populating the floors and your players clear it out, they realize they have a lot of cash because of that. I need to go back to town to restock. Right, for months maybe even at a time. Depending on how, what... They, the, they may have a magical armor created or something. It could be months. The, 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 local, the local town might not be able to supply magic items. So they go out to the bigger town, which is a two-week, three-week, yeah. six-month journey. Right, they're totally gone for a well, long time. Does That dungeon doesn't remain stagnant. There's something that's going to take that area. If you think of your world as this power vacuum of your players killed the goblins on the first level, were the goblins preventing bears, wolves, maybe the things in level two that were getting encroached on from coming up. So kind of a surprise for your players is if they come back to their dungeon after a couple days or weeks or months, they have to fight something new in those areas because it just doesn't lay dormant. Right, so it's not like... I've cleared levels one through four of this big bad dungeon, and then, oh, we're just going to go, oh, I've already cleared one through four, so let's just go to level five. It's like, oh, hey, well, since you guys decided to leave forever, I'm going to put stuff in here just because you decided to leave forever. Yeah. Also, the other thing is, is if you're, like, taking on a evil sect of, like, we're, we're running through the return to the temple of uh, elemental evil. Right. And a lot of the lower level fighters in there are mercenaries. So... Would you be able to, if your people were more diplomatic aligned, to be able to have a diplomacy chat with some of the intelligent things to convince them, hey, I will give you X and X if you help me fight. Right. Or you could even hire those mercenaries to hold the like to hold it so that nothing else moves in for you. Yes. So to to, to but, help them with that vacuum. But no one ever thinks could... about that because there's no vacuum, right? Most mm-hmm. GMs, in fact, I've been guilty of this. Most GMs just never think about power vacuums in general. They just like, oh, we've cleared out all these things. We've oh, the players want to leave for 17 months and come back. Well, of course, nothing's ever hit those things because my book says nothing, nothing hit there. there. And it wouldn't be hard to just grab some random even lower level beasts to throw in there yeah. because you could whittle them down where they actually have to rest in the dungeon before they could get to the next level that they haven't cleared yes. because you've whittled them down. At that I mean, point. also how many dungeons from pre-made connect to the underdark eventually. And what is the nasty things in the underdark that are always trying to come to the surface? Drow, Druger, and you just holders. removed all of the things keeping them down there. So what's the long-term ramifications of your players clearing out that dungeon? Right, which is the other thing. And then the other thing I would add to this, which is a a thing that you could also do with it, is so if you think about it, a local dungeon like that's of renown is... It's going to be a tourist trap. It's going to be, yeah, it's it's actually going to feed the town a lot of money. It's going to be an adventurer trap. So your town might actually have a problem with you 
clearing out floors and bringing too much stuff up because you're hurting their business. Right. You're, you're actually like hurting their long-term gains. And that could be a reason why they might want to try to slit your throat in your sleep and things of that nature, which could cause mm-hmm. some really fun storytelling of why is this level four commoner knowingly trying to take his own life into his hands to kill me? Well, it's because you're killing his business because this town only exists to be the supply chain for this, you know, the temple of elemental evil or, yeah. you know, and also to take that things. one step level, let's say that you're a vill- because we're not talking about high level villagers at this point. No, let's say that your uh, players were able to massacre the village. Yeah. Now what does that, does that village pay taxes to a kingdom that might actually be interested in you hurting their coffers on destroying the town that was a tourist trap. You know, it's a really good point in this because what you're bringing up is this concept of every action has a reaction. Every yeah. action has a consequence. And so, you know, so long D and D's just been about, Hey, just go, just go destroy that entire cave. Um, go destroy that entire dungeon. Just go pilfer it all. And it's like, well, wait a minute. What does the local economy say about that? And yeah. another question is what, what are they, is there something down there that's, actually stopping other nastiness from coming up or now that you've cleared the first couple levels maybe the things below don't care maybe they like being on the second floor but now all the bears and the wolves and maybe some of these giant spiders have said hey look there's these little like these level um whatever goblins aren't coming out and killing us anymore yeah i wonder why and then they go in like oh wait this place is empty or cool we'll just move in or first level becomes every single robber or bandit goes there because it's safe haven Right, exactly. Maybe there's a like, maybe even a guild could pop up or a faction could pop yep. up because you've been gone for seven months. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, the other thing you can do with the dungeon crawl, which a lot of people don't do, is you could actually have an entire another party start to be clearing the dungeon and they run into him. It's like, now what? Oh, well, you, we thought you guys left. Well, we did. We left for, you know, we had to get more weapons. Why? Thought you were committed. You know what I mean? And now you might have to get into a fight with an adventuring party. Maybe there Mm -hmm. is nothing on the first, second, and third floor because this adventuring party just came through the last two days, wiped everything that moved in. Yeah. And they just rested. You just came in. They they wake up the next morning and you guys have to epic fight. You're you're in a world with other adventurers like you. Right. How do the taverns stay Why? (laughs) Why would it be only you running through this famed dungeon? Right, which would be fun. I mean, it's a little bit more work on the GM because the GM doesn't think in these terms. But this is exactly why this podcast exists, is to get you as the GM to think about different twists and turns. And I can tell you what, if you threw four or five adventures, like you literally took my party, like you took our party, and then you just like created a doppelganger party. Because most parties are the same, right? You're going to have your wizard. You're going to have your cleric. You're going to have your fighter. And you're going to have like your other ansuary party person, right? And so... Every, All of them have a niche, so right, it might not be a, a wizard, rogue. but it might be a sorcerer. I right. mean, you're going to have a spell slinger, you're going to have a healer, you're going to have a meat shield. And you're going to have a person that can do traps. Yeah. Right? And a, and a backstabber, or same person. And so, like, all of a sudden, it's like, every party is this. Right? I mean, maybe they have a bard with them instead of a, a full-blown sorcerer or something like that. But the point is, like... I can't tell you how awesome it would be, how much I would remember a game. If all of a sudden I'm like just wandering through this random dungeon I've been cleaning out. And the next thing you know, like maybe you just drop some hints like, hey, guys, do me a spot check. Oh, do me a search check. Oh, hey, you notice uh, footprints. Oh, okay, I don't really care. All right, fine. And then you just keep going. You maybe just drop hints that there's been like recent battle here. Oh, there's been like this. This blood looks new. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And you just keep going through like yes. these little drop hints. And then when they finally meet, like they're at full power and your party's also yeah. at full power. And it's like battle royale. I think it'd be really the coolest concept I think and, to and, see. And especially from a GM perspective, once you start thinking this way, it's not that difficult to respec a dungeon. No. And if they're having to refight the floors all over again, every time they go through. They're not going to just leave for seven months. That. <laughs> and it's keeping them in a power vacuum because yep. they're not being able to go out and stock up and yep. get that stuff. And if they're having to refight every single floor again, it increases your session lengths on your pre-made stuff yes. that you're getting. Yep. Or your or on the basically whatever you're doing that increases the time on that. So you're not having to go through as much stuff. Right. It also forces the players to actually spend money if they really wanted to, to like barricade the, the door. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if something from level two came up to level one, that's not a big deal because you still have the same number, let's say. I mean, you wouldn't, but let's say you have the same number of things, right? It's like, oh, the, the goblins on floor two moved up because the kobolds on floor one are dead. Okay, well, there's functionally about the same amount of goblins that came uh, now spanning floors one and two. Fine. Yeah. But the worst thing would be to have a group of outsiders move in because that's a whole now new environmental thing that you've never thought about. And so it would actually cause the players to spend time and money to guard those entrances before Mm -hmm. they would leave them for a long period of time. So anyway, I really like the concept. And I have to say, I think it'd be very memorable. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.